People shouldn't be leaving outside or in parks. Now there is a politician who cares. As mayor, I will first work on housing supply. We need to build more. We need to build fast. Thank you for voting. Legalizing walk-up apartments on secondary transit routes. If I ever vote, it'll be for him. (laughs) There you go. There's nothing you can't use the Simpsons on. Literally. Great to have you here with us. I'm Alex Pearson. This is 640 Toronto, and I have actual human beings in studio with me, which is still weird. Welcomed, but weird. We are uh, week to week trying to give you a better idea of who has what to stand on, what they're offering, what they are going to do to come up with the solutions for this city, and can they stand behind those. And we want to give them a chance because it's so hard to get messages and certainly hear a lot of the candidates through all the noise. And we are now four weeks away as of uh, tomorrow, June 1st, Lorica, 26 days and counting until you go to vote. And I think a lot of people are just tuning in for the first time. So we have in studio Anna Bailau, former city councillor, wants to be mayor, and Mr. Mark Saunders, former Toronto police chief. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So great to be here. I know you guys have a big debate today with the Toronto Star, uh, certainly so uh, you'll be busy throughout the day. But I wanted to talk, let's start on on housing first, because that is the one thing that everyone talks about as a big solution. So I'll, I'll start with you on this, Anna. I'll give you two minutes to lay out your priorities and how you would solve things, and then we can kind of chatter back and forth. We've got a bit of time here. So I want to talk mo- mostly about, we, we hear about affordable housing. We talk about retrofitting, uh, using uns- used uh, commercial space. We know they're starting to get rid of space in Ottawa where people are not coming back to work and they're going to either sell that real estate or retrofit it. Um, I want to hear solutions because the one thing is, yeah, we need affordable housing. We're very late. It's not been built over the last few years. Uh, so here we are hitting the wall. A lot of people saying the solutions we're hearing are going to take a long time. How fast Ms. Bile, are you going to get shovels in the ground? And what's the expectation of getting affordable housing available to people who desperately need it? Uh, Alex, I'm running to be mayor because I want everybody to have the same feeling of opportunity I felt when I got here when I was 15 years old. It was a feeling like I've never felt anything before. And that opportunity allowed my parents you know, a construction worker and a seamstress, uh, to buy a home within a couple of years. And that's unthinkable of today. People are facing a housing crisis. They're facing an affordability crisis. And we need a mayor who knows what they're doing and not somebody that needs to, to have job training. And I have a housing planning that protects renters, prevents evictions, triples the rent bank, and freezes demolition on rental buildings. Um, I will also protect homeowners who have homes today mm-hmm. uh, by making sure that property tax increases are kept below the rate of inflation. So, but how I long will, will it take uh, to get some actual solutions? Because people are looking at these and saying, "We're talking years." I I will build two hundred and eighty five thousand homes, including fifty seven thousand of those purpose built rental. By when the province came, and we have uh, to build that by twenty thirty one, just to keep with, with pace. I am committed to do that. I am leading on a mayor's uh, initiative for intensification. As a mayor, I will take accountability for that to make sure that we have planning reform, to have more of the walk-ups, to have more of our avenues with 12 stories, to have uh, the silos breaking down with the development and growth uh, uh, unit to speed the process of the approvals as well, to make sure that we use more of our land to create the deeper affordability and to work with the nonprofits and uh, with uh, the, uh, the, the co-op sector so they can take better advantage of the federal funding as well. 
The so I, I, you've got about 15 seconds left. So, you know, units available to those who, who can least afford it will be what? One year, two years? It, we're building it right now. We have 3,000 units in the city of Toronto under construction right now, affordable units. So since 2017, the city completed 1,600. There's 3,000 right now under construction and 15,000 approved that will will go through the construction. We need more. We need fast. We need somebody with the experience, not somebody that is going to be learning on the job or somebody or other candidates that think they're just going to increase taxes and that's how we're going to build housing in the city is just by increasing taxes. I, I will stop you there and I'll give you the exact same time of two minutes and 20 seconds, Mr. Uh, Saunders, because we do need them. Everyone's promising it. I've talked to many, many infrastructure experts who say, look, these are great promises, but they're very, very difficult to deliver. You will use strong mayor power. So what are you going to deliver? How long till we see tangible, immediate change for people? Yeah, well, well first, let me just say this. And, and, and one of the big issues has been the process and a process that has existed for a long time. Uh, the other candidates that are running right now don't speak to it, especially Ms. Bailau, who not only was a councillor, she's deputy mayor. So when we talk about past performance, it'll show future outcomes. And her final conclusion was she was building at 1.8% when it came to that targeted 40,000 affordable houses within the, the next uh, uh, four years, with the first four years, only 1.8%. This is about leadership, about making the hard decisions, about knowing the processes that you need to change in order to bring people in to build. This shortage has caused the state of homelessness that we're in right now. So first thing I'm going to do is change the process and ensure that the approvals are done within a year by including a navigator to walk through the process, by making sure we digitize processes that need to be digitized, and also by holding both the city accountable as well as the builders accountable. That's not happening right now. Will you and outsource a building? Will you outsource and allow for tenders to go to bid? So that we can get private construction and public construction to bid on projects to make sure that we get the best deal and the quickest We're results. going to keep the way that things are, but what we're going to do is change the process. The process is simply not working. When Bill did their report, Toronto scored last, and it was under Ms. Bylow's leadership, who's in charge of the housing uh, folder. When we need to build, we need to have leadership. It's leadership making those hard decisions and making sure that the process builds and it builds fast. But it's not just building, it's building supportive housing, it's building affordable housing, and rent geared towards income. All of these factors have to be put into consideration. How long so, will it take? How long will it take for us to see something come to market quickly? Well, I'm going to be honest. It's going to be a lot faster than 1.8% a year because that's what Anna Bailao is celebrating. And I agree on the one point, having others that are saying government can build, government should not build. Government should be creating the environment for builders to build. That's the first mistake for a lot of other candidates that are here. And it's not about jamming up the taxes. My taxes are going to be uh, just the rate of inflation. But what's key and critical, changing the process and then creating the incentives for people to come in and build. Because we're not just building places. We're also building hope for our newcomers that are coming in. We're going to have another half million coming here within the next six and seven years. And if we're not doing it right, we're setting everybody up for failure. Okay. I got to stop you both. You both had the same amount of time. I'll let you go at it because you, on one side, you guys got... Thick skin, I got to tell you, why I don't go into politics. Uh, but, but, you know, you're, you're being charged of having been there and you didn't do it. And so, you know, a lot of people Alan. will say, why didn't you get that done? And I'll let you both, you have like, I'll give you two minutes to, to, to hammer out who got it wrong and who's not doing what and who can deliver it fast. I'll give you the first start, Anna. Alex, uh, governments had been stepping away from housing for decades 
we're now having governments back in the housing business. The province and the and and the city we're stepping back. We're now having major reforms and we're having investments. When I started, the budget was ninety-six million dollars for housing. Today is four billion dollars. We stopped selling land. We're using land to create affordable housing. Do we need to do quicker? Absolutely. That's why I'm here. I've built it. But I look at Saunders' plan, and most of the things that is actually putting forward is things that are that are under under implementation that I've started. Not charging, charging yeah. not charging well, for well, for, well, for well, property taxes for affordable housing. It's first been done again. for years. Adding adding floors to rental building. I've done it. Um, I've done it in my project. I've added four Again, floors to get 120 you know, the units. Big problem. Mr. Big problem. Saunders, don't talk over you because has never no, built any housing in the city here. of Toronto. Again, it's about past record, and and, and and what Anna's doing, and she's trying to do it very cute. But at the end of the day, she put her hand up for all of these bad decisions. She's put her hand up for why developers are not coming into the city, and she put her hand up and caused a conclusion as to why we are not building right now. So again, I'll get back to her 1.8% a year record. If we went under her leadership, it would take 45 years to get there. That so is, if that had is she not had true. changed the process or got up and being a leader as a deputy mayor and said, this is wrong, it would have been a different narrative. I'd have a different discussion with her. But not once did she get, get up. Status quo, she stuck with status Alex, quo. And at the end of the day, we were I've, in this crisis I've brought because reform. of her type of I've brought reform to the planning department. I've, uh, I've brought reform to change regulations. Will you open to up the tendering process? process? The pro the tendering process yeah, for, for for construction for building the housing. The yeah, we are working with the private sector. We are working with the private sector and with the nonprofit sector. Most of our city land is being built by the private sector. We need all hands on deck, and I've worked with them and and been recognized by them on pushing pushing the boundaries. And that's why I want to do more. But I have been there. I've been at the table pushing for the federal government to bring billions of dollars. I've been there with the provincial government on some of these changes. Saunders has never built anything. He's planned. He's planned what he's proposing. There's nothing new in here. There's nothing new in here, and he has no experience of delivering homes for the city okay, of Toronto. So okay. I have a track again. record of yeah, delivering homes with all, with all, all the nonprofits. Not leading. Let me give you a last point to you. I'll give you a chance to, to respond, yeah. and then I'm going to take a traffic break. But go this ahead. This election is about leadership. That's why the city is declining. It's leadership from so many components, especially when we get into public safety. But leadership when it comes to building is about surrounding yourself with people that know what to do, making sure that you set and execute a plan and you stand behind the decisions that you made. Anna, you did not step up to the plate and put the right process in place or even identify that the process was failed, which created the environment for developers not to be in the city, but to go elsewhere Alex, and develop there. Look how much, development, look so how much development is happening in the city. Look at all the cranes. Do we need more? Yes. More people want to come and live in the city. More people want to stay in the city. Do we want to, do we need to build more? Absolutely. But look at all the cranes around and what we need is affordable, supportive housing. Only I gotta, thing I've got to go to Mark break. So is uh, all about supply, all which he's never right built. Now. He's uh, never I, I built. I will pick this up. And he on has the other no side. solutions for any look supportive housing in the in this right city. Now. We get lots of promises. It's who can deliver. I'm Alex Pierce, and this is 640 Toronto. We've got Anna Bailau and Mark Saunders both here in studio. I give them a lot of props to do that. They've got a debate tonight. There are going to be a number of issues on the table. But one of the things I want to talk about certainly um, is safety and um, crime in the city. And I'll let you make the uh, case for what you brought bring to the table. But I wanted to throw this one at you because it certainly has been making headlines today. The uh, TGC launching an investigation after this video of a firework being set off by a, 
a young uh, teen uh, has gone viral. And uh, take take a listen to the sound just so our listeners have an idea of what we're talking about. It's not popping. It's not popping. All right, so you get an idea of what was going on. Both of you have seen this video, and it's not the first time we've heard about this, but we are seeing a steady line of headlines involving young uh, teens getting into an awful lot of trouble. And yeah, it's a problem because it's not actually getting better. And so as police chief for you, um, I know we've got youth laws in this country, but I think a lot of people are starting to look at them and say, look, we are not tough enough. We're not getting the message through kids today. They've got some issues, but they want the clicks and the likes and they're willing uh, to put others in danger to get those likes. So how do you combat what is a an issue, Mr. Saunders, that is a home issue, how you're brought up, how you parent, but it, it has to be policed. And so how would you solve the issues that we're hearing with young people on uh, transit? Well, first off, this was a young person who did something incredibly stupid and put so many people in harm's way. I could have been my wife or a family member or anyone's. So, but we have to be truthful about what's going on with the law. Yes, there'll be an investigation. Yes, that person will get arrested. He's not going to go to jail. You can't even keep gunmen in jail, for goodness sakes. However, what we need to do is make sure that we don't normalize disorder. When you don't put normalization or a dis, dis, uh, disorder, when you don't check disorder, then what happens is this. It emboldens others to do things. We have to make sure that the transit system is safe. When I knock on the doors, I hear over and over again, it has changed the behavior of people. They are not using the transit system because they're afraid. Those that can afford will use other means. Our newcomers are stuck and they have to. If we don't have a healthy subway system, it is the lifeblood of our city. Our newcomers are coming in because they need jobs. And if they can't use it because they're safe, we're, we're stuck. But we're seeing this across schools. We're we seeing are seeing violence. And, and I want to stay with the youth thing, just remember, because we're seeing it all over the place. And I know there were issues during the pandemic. But I think people are saying, look, we can't just give them always the benefit of the doubt. So would you encourage, uh, you know, if we've got the evidence to charge is that a deterrent? Well, of course there has to be a deterrent factor. That was a criminal offense. That could have caused serious bodily harm. Mm -hmm. That person will be arrested. That person will go before a trial. But that person will most likely not go to jail under the system. We have to be smart. 90% of people that get arrested, they're coming back out into the community. That includes people that are firing guns across our city. But we should not in any way, shape, or form promote this type of behavior. We need to make sure that resources are in place my plan speaks to having more special constables embedded within the TTC, and they're going to be trained by the Toronto Police Service. We know that when there's a uniform presence, that it reduces crime. But we also have to make sure we deal with other things that deal with mental health and all those other aspects that are on TTC property so that we do it right. When we talk about safety, it is the number one issue when I knock on the doors. My experience as a police officer in running an organization is the best platform to deal with keeping our city safe so it's not like Seattle or Vancouver. Well, it's certainly starting to look like that. Anna, let me start with uh, you on this. I mean, a lot of this is parenting. I think a lot of this is parenting, but I also think a lot of this is that we've got younger generations who don't understand what consequences are um, because we try to give them the benefit of the doubt. So you see this video. How are you dealing with this? It's, it, it's outrageous. Let's start with that. It's outrageous and people have to be accountable for it. Um, but we need a public safety plan that deals with the issues that are on the TTC and that are across the city. A lot of the things that we see on the TTC are actually a symptom of what is happening in the city. Um, being with youth, being with mental health issues, these are issues that are happening on the city. I believe in a well-funded police service. 
making sure that they have the resources uh, to serve our city, making sure that we expand programs like the neighborhood program. But how would you the address like, the youth element of this? Because it's a big element when you hear about young girls killing, kicking homeless men to death. We are hearing headlines yep. that we never used to hear. And so how do you get in that when so much of it is uh, what happens at home? Have, it's not an either-or solution. You need to have the police services with the resources that they need, including having the neighborhood program, which is a program that builds relationships with communities as well. And then you have to have mobile mental health clinics, like I'm proposing. The Toronto uh, Community Crisis Unit response, that when somebody is in a mental health a mental health crisis that have the appropriate uh, resources to have and to have the programs for youth as well. You know, I, I want to make sure that, that our sports fields, our uh, recreational ser- services are well equipped to make sure that we're servicing our youth as, w- uh, youth as well. This is not an either or. We need to make sure that our TTC is safe by bringing more staff, uh, by making sure that we have camera s- uh, coverage, Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. to make sure all that is happening, that we restore the that, services. That's time. And that, right that now we, we should, have problems, and, and that's got, why we need like to bring a video the like that is not going to get people Ooh, back on. Absolutely, we need we need to make sure that we have the services. Uh, the, we bring back the staff, constables, supervisors, cleaners, but we also have uh, a well-funded police services so they can act uh, on, on instances where they need it and focus on where they needed it as well, as well as the other uh, resources. So they have more time to deal with real crime in our city because m- mental health is not a crime, for example. No, it's not, but it's also not yeah. being dealt with. Sorry, did you want to get a point in there before I move to the next topic? Yeah, I'm finding this hilarious. This, I'm not sure what Janet Byler I'm talking to right now because not once, not twice, but three times, she has voted to not give the police funding to do their job effectively. Two years in a row, that's- 0% increase while the population is going up. But I still had to make it work because that's what good leaders do. And on top of that, you voted what? for police not to even have guns for goodness I, sake. I, not to have Alex, guns. Alex, I never How voted to, to, just to respond. I never voted to defund the police. And I, what the motion that Mark is talking about was military-style military guns on our streets. And I don't believe that we should have a regular uh, police presence with military-style guns on our streets. And by the way, talking about leadership, the police chief, if he was so keen on getting those increases, where where was the police chief asking? Where was he speaking up for the services that he need and the budget that he need? I haven't heard. I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him as a city councilor. So what is that the kind of leadership that is going to have as well when we need with the province and the federal government? Never. Not even a beep as a councilor. Never came around. And Alex, just one thing about leadership. He talk Marx talks about leadership. This is the here. this is yep. the chief that had eighty six percent of a non confidence vote exactly the same year that I got eighty percent of the voters from my ward. Well, okay, so talk I, I, about I'm, leadership. To, yeah, I want to. I mean, look, I'm not going to get into union issues and things that happened, um, you know, during that kind of a negotiation. Uh, but you both made your points on that. But I do want to get, get into something that I think has been starting to come into a, more of a conversation, and that is with safe supply. Because a lot of what we're seeing in downtown Toronto, you go to Dundas Square, you, you go anywhere, Sherborne Street, I mean, it is not uh, great. You've got a lot of addiction issues. You've got a lot of crime issues. S- uh, safe supply, I think, was brought in as a, a stopgap measure, but now it's become a permanent thing. Mr. Saunders, you will not stop these. You say you won't expand them, but you won't stop these. We don't have affordable housing. We don't have mental health supports. We don't have anything to actually help these people right away. How are you going to solve what is now creeping into every neighborhood across uh, the city of Toronto? Because this is a big issue. And if the chief won't go far enough to say, I'll get rid of it altogether, or how are you going to contain what is starting to get out of control? 
by putting the right plan in place. So when City Hall put in the supervised injection sites but ignored the public and the unintended consequences of crime increasing hundreds of percent and not doing anything about it, the state of decay that downtown is in right now is as a result of people like Ms. Bailau and the votes that were made and not listening to the public. So first and foremost, treatment and recovery have to be at the forefront of all of this. The consumption piece is one entity because the drugs are more potent right now. People are dying. People that are dying right now has the highest toxicity level ever in our city. More people would die as a result of that. But when it comes to where the money is spent, I take exception to the fact that the crack pipes, crack pipes and the meth pipes are coming out without the public being known, which is why I said, I want to know the budget, where the money's being spent, it could have been spent on other things, but I will not be supporting decriminalizing all drugs. That is giving up, and that is not the right direction to go, but I'm sure Ms. Bailau will decriminalize all drugs. I have much less time on the back end of an hour, but what will you do, Alex, Ms. Bailau? Because we, a lot we, of people we, want this. They want to be compassionate, but they also don't want people doing drugs in their backyard or, or in the parking lot of a store where children are. I mean, th- this is we, on the cusp of going the way of Seattle. We, we have a crisis. We have we a crisis, and um, I think like many people... Um, you know, it, it's uncomfortable to look at those at those images and see that. But in this very difficult matter, I will follow the advice of the chief medical officer, but and I will decriminalize. She wants to decriminalize uh, cocaine, the, meth, heroin, uh, fentanyl. And the Canadian Association of the Police Chiefs. But would you what allow the decriminalization what they, of drugs? I've got to get an said, answer on that. What they've, they've said is that small portions, would you small portions, the decriminalization I, as BC I, has? I, yes or no? I, yes I or am no? following the advice. I will follow the advice but they can't of, be the the Canadian, opinion. of the Canadian Police Chiefs uh, uh, in this country. This is a very difficult situation. This is about harm reduction and this is about saving lives. At the same time that we need to make the investments in mental health supports and in supportive housing. I just want to say that we talked about rum- numbers, we talked about records, and we talked about crime. Under Mark Saunders' leadership, the as, the chief, right. police, as the chief totally of police, as the chief of police, crime, homicide went up 23 percent, Alex, 23 percent, 80 percent auto theft went up. I can't because I can't, I don't have enough time to let him respond. But I do think we learned a lot here today. You're, you didn't give me a response on, on uh, no, it's, it's okay, it's, I, I don't have time now, but... Um, the decriminalization of hard drugs, I think, is a very big t- uh, pill for a lot of people to swallow. Uh, we've seen what happened in BC, but I, I, I did not get an answer. Nonetheless, I am out of time, and I want to thank you both so much for coming in, because I do think it gives people a good opportunity to hear from both of you, even if you agree to disagree. But boy, oh boy, I give you a lot of credit for it. So thank you, Anna Bailau, for coming in. I appreciate your time on this. And Mr. Saunders, I appreciate your time. I know that you're both thank you, Alex. in the uh, debate tonight. And so we appreciate it. We wish you luck. And uh, I know we'll, we'll talk again. So thank you very much. Thank you, Alex. Take care.